Welcome to Blasty Airwaves with Blast Intermediate Unit 17. My name is Rebecca Gibbony, and I am the Coordinator of Professional Learning at Blast Intermediate Unit 17. Here at Blast, we strive to transform lives and communities through educational services. For this season of Blasty Airwaves, we have a special guest co-host who is working to create and sustain pathways to employment in our region by uniting her community around common goals in STEM learning. This season's guests come from nine counties total, representing different local industries all across Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania. I'd like to introduce you to Alexandra Consort-Grushinsky, STEM Services Coordinator for NEIU-19 and current lead of NEPA STEM Ecosystem. Alexandra, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to work with you for our celebration of STEM and industry this year. Our STEM ecosystem is holding a week-long series of free events and opportunities highlighting industry partners and the benefits they have in our five-county region. Our hope is that by listening to the wide variety of employment opportunities available in our region from folks in our community who live it every day, we can shed a light on what's possible for our young people. Alexandra, we are so excited to partner with you in this endeavor and celebrate industry and STEM. On this podcast, we will provide you with educational solutions and resources for all, no matter the learning environment. So teachers, administrators, students, caregivers, industry partners, everyone, what are you waiting for? What would happen if we started questioning? What if our students and educators got the opportunities to sit down with members of the community? What if we bridge that gap? What connections would we discover? I don't know about you, Alexandra, but it is time to blast the airwaves. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Glenn Poirier. Did I say it right, Glenn? Yes. Awesome. Owner of Metalcraft Industries in Wellsboro, Pennsylvania and Tioga County, and Alexandra Konsor-Grushinsky, STEM Services Coordinator of NEIU-19 and current lead of NEPA STEM Ecosystem. Glenn, Alexandra, thanks so much for joining us today to discuss STEM skills used in your industry. Specifically, we will be discussing how knowledge and different STEM skills are important in your current job position. So are you guys ready to blast the airwaves? We're ready. I'm ready. All right. So, Glenn, why don't we start, if you could share and tell us a little bit more about your role in industry. What is your primary role? Sure. So, um, I'm the uh, Chief Operating Officer of uh, Metalcraft Industries. And in that role, I pretty much um, oversee the entire operations, uh, basically soup to nuts operation of, of the processing of our parts. So, we we here at Metalcraft are primarily a powdered metal factory. So what we do is we take powdered metal in powder form. It's you know the consistency of talc powder or powder you put on your body. It's kind of that consistency, and we press it into shapes using presses uh, that have, that our tonnage goes from two tons to five hundred tons. Um, so that process is pretty pretty easy. Um, we then take those parts after they're pressed, and they're, if you look at the parts, they look like the shapes, but it's just nothing but a mechanical compact where we're just pressing that part into a shape or configuration. 
Um, and then we take that part and we put them on what we call sintering ovens. And that in that process, over a two to three hour period, depending on the size of the part, that part will go down a conveyor belt through an oven at about 2,050 degrees. And, they, and again, that will last for about two to three hours. Um, and in that part of the processing, we'll actually get at a microscopic level some fusing of the particles together. They will actually begin to melt and fuse together. Um, and during that process, we go in through what's called a cooling zone in the, in, the, um, in the sintering oven. And that's actually where the magic of, the, of, of our processing occurs. It's not in the heating, it's more in the cooling uh, where the part, while it's cooled, we get a lot of crystallization inside the, the part. The crystals that we primarily center ourselves around is austenitic crystals. So when you hear a lot of times, you'll hear the term austenitic steel. What that means is the that is the crystallization that forms inside the part while it's being cooled. Uh, we want that uh, part rich in those crystals because that crystal bonding is the, the, the part of the process that gives it all the strength. So when it comes off the oven, they, they drop into uh, containers and it's pretty much our process that's done. I mean, but then we can, we can then one or two things, they can ship to our customer mm -hmm. as they are, uh, or we can send them out for further processing, which could involve heat treating, plating, further machining. Um, and then they would be ready to go to the customer. Uh, our, primary industry is automotive. We're heavy, heavy automotive. Uh, about 60% of our product uh, is shipped uh, to the automotive industry. Um, we, we pretty much have gone the route of going into the structural components inside a vehicle, not so much the engine, but more so uh, the structural parts that go more on the outside, like lift gates for tailgates. Uh, we, we make a lot of parts for um, um, tailgate uh, for spare tire carriers that go underneath uh, on trucks. You know, most trucks have their spare tire underneath, but that's a conveyor system that um, you you use a device to lower and raise the spare tire. Um, so um, that's primarily uh, what we do here and what my role is. So I, I basically oversee all that that's, uh, and, and we see that. It's fascinating. I would have never known that whole process right there. And you just explained it in like two minutes. Mm -hmm. It's like so fascinating. Powder. I didn't mm -hmm. even know it, it came from powder. That's so cool. Yep. Yep. There's lots of things that people don't realize uh, come from powder metal. Wow. Um, we can do so much. The, the, the beauty of powder metal is the speed at which we can make parts. So if you look at a lot of our parts, you know, the, the, the actual industry has only been around for maybe 100 years. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, everything that we made had to be like done by hand, you know, you do it on a lathe or, you know, you would, we, you know, you would, uh, and, and it was very time consuming and, and, and hard. I mean, you know, we have parts that run in presses at like 3000 parts a minute. Then we have other parts that run, you know, say in our bigger 500 ton presses at like 500 pound, 500 parts per, per, per hour. So, yeah. you know, it's, um, you know, we can really pound out a lot of parts very, very quickly. Well, that leads us into our next question, Lexi, um, if you want to. Yes, yeah. um, Glenn, let me just say I'm fascinated by what it is that you and your company does. And also, I never heard that 
name of that crystal before today. So I just, I'm learning awesome, things awesome. As, as I go. Yeah. Learning things as I go. I'll so, so people that work with people, people that work with metal, when they, when you say austenitic, you'll, you'll say, oh, it's austenitic steel. But I think for the most part, people don't know what austenitic means. And what austenitic means is it's the crystallization that forms inside. So you get, you get that even with molten steel. So, you know, like Ward, Ward, uh, over in, in Bloss mm -hmm. and uh, Tioga, they, they melt their steel down and they pour it into moles. Um, and while it's cooled, it's the same thing. You're getting that cooling, depending at the rate at which you cool it, you get this crystallization formed in the parts, which, which give us all the bond and the strength that goes into metal. So we're kind of doing it the same way as somebody that's pouring metal versus we're pressing it and then heating it up. So it's kind of, we're doing the same thing. It's just, um, it's, it's just a different way to get to the end. That's all. Utterly fascinating. Um, my question for you is, can you describe for us what a typical day at work for you, Glenn, is like, sure. um, um, you know, in joining us on a, on a podcast interview probably isn't part of your typical day, right? So, so what would be the typical day for Glenn any day of the week? What does that look so, like? So, so what all organizations try to put in processes. Um, you know, we are a, um, we are a, uh, company that, that prides itself on putting ourselves in, putting processes in place that, every employee can follow. I mean, that, that's the goal of every company to move them forward is we have a process, we do it the same every single day. You know, we don't, we don't try to deviate from that. So, you know, when I walk in the door, uh, my first order of business is to, cause we're, we're a 24, 24, five company. We work mm -hmm. around the clock. So my first order of business is to go out onto the floor to find out, uh, you know, what, what, what are our problem areas? You know, what are, where are we having some challenges in our processes that aren't getting parts to the back of the oven? Um, and we have those every day. So we might have uh, machine problems on presses. We might have an oven problem. We might have, we might now have parts that didn't meet spec, meaning we didn't mold them correctly or we didn't center them correctly. Um, so, I have to gather all that information for the day. Some days I come in and we absolutely have no problems. So that's, that's a perfect day. And for the most part, that is kind of how it is. It's, you know, we don't have, we'll have like little fires. We don't come in and, you know, everything is shut down and we, 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 uh, we, we we're in a real quagmire. So we have to, uh, so we, we, we take that, that information from our walk arounds I'll also meet with our supervisors. You know, we have lead supervisors and I will kind of talk to them about what problems they had over the course of the night, uh, some of their challenges. Um, and then from that is we have a morning huddle every morning and a morning huddle is uh, all the, the folks in our organization that kind of make this engine flow. Um, we'll have somebody from engineering, we'll have somebody from production, we'll have somebody from sales, we'll have uh, somebody from finance there. So we, we all come to that huddle and 
we come to that huddle with the idea of we're going to share all this information. Um, and then from that, from that morning huddle, we will, you know, kind of describe, you know, our MIT, we call it, our most important thing. Uh, and that's important thing for an organization is always understanding what is our most important thing that we need to be focused on right now because, you know, we might have a customer screaming or um, we're, we're holding up a process on something. So we, we try to establish those four or five things every day that we know we need to attack uh, right away. Um, so then we'll get, we'll get that ball rolling. Um, and then, um, you know, th th then we get to like busy work. So everybody in our, you know, in, in management has their busy work. They have to look at, uh, you know, what, what got produced the day before, um, what, um, you know, what can ship that day, you know, you know, blah, 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 all these things that, that keep the processing going. And then, you know, I may, um, you know, part, part of being the um, um, COO is I'm also d directly responsible for the profit loss statement. So, you know, I have to be very cognizant of what's going on uh, with the profit and loss statement on a daily basis because we do our sales by month. So, you know, we want to I want to make sure that, you know, is the revenue coming in? Uh, are our finances, um, are our expenses matching what we set out as a goal at the beginning of the month? So every month we have a, we'll have a, 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 a like a template P&L that kind of describes what we're going to do in that month. So when we set that on the first of the month, we're constantly comparing ourselves to that P&L, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and understanding, you know, What's going on? Why, why, why aren't the revenues there? Did something happen that a customer pushed something out? Um, you know, why, why do we have a line item on an expense so high when we thought we we're only going to spend this much? Um, because the bottom line of every business is at the end of the day, I mean, every business can, uh, can say what they want, what, what they represent and what, what they do. But at the end of the day, they got to make money. And if they don't make money, they don't exist. Uh, we're not a non uh, we're not a nonprofit. We are a profit organization that has to make money because our excess money is then used for upgrades in the company. You know, right. we we spend it on other equipment or training or or things that are going to make us much more beneficial to make sure that process is getting done every week. So that's pretty much what my day is. Um, I love you know, and then I'll I'll you know, start to look to the next day of, mm -hmm. some, sometimes you've got to get down to the, you got to get in the weeds a little bit and say, you know what, what are we like right now? We're having a real challenge with one of our ovens is shut down. We have uh, two, two main production ovens and for the most part that gets, a, we've lost one right now because we've got it down for some maintenance. That's going to take about a week. So in that we've got to almost center our parts in a 24 hour period, you guys say, you know, I just had a meeting with my uh, centering lead that is in charge of the ovens. And I said, look, these are the five parts in the next 24 hours. We have to center. Yeah. We, we can't put them off. We have to center them because of, you know, we either have customer issues. We've got to get them out to outside secondaries. We've got to do all these things. So um, 
my typical day is, is, you know, if to wrap this question up is all about understanding priorities. What is your biggest priorities? I mean, we don't companies that all they do is fight fires all day long. They, they usually are companies that struggle. You know, we don't fight fires all day long, but we do understand every day what, what are our challenges and what, what we need to uh, focus on. I really like, Glenn, your your protocols and the huddle and then the the mitts. I've never heard of that. And in an organization that Lexi and I work with, you know, we do talk about what are the most important things. I really like that concept. But you mentioned about turning the profit for training and things like that. So can you explain a little bit, you know, whether it's career path or college path or trainings that students might need? If If I'm a high school student and I'm looking to maybe work for you, what mm-hmm. what are some qualifications? How do I line myself up for that? I love this question because I've answered this question a bazillion times to uh, other high school folks that, you know, we, we do a lot of, uh, you know, usually once a year we'll have um, we'll have teachers in the workplace. Yes. I mean, yep. I, I think the blast, the blast unit's very involved with that. Mm-hmm. And we and, and we always enjoy that. And you know, I will sit down with a lot of the teachers and, and they'll ask me the same question. What are the things that we should be doing with our kids? And I said, it's really simple. And it's all about problem solving. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's all about problem solving. I tell kids all the time, you know, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a, I'm an engineer by background. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I'll have, I'll get a call from the high school Wellsboro here and say, Hey, there's a kid interested in engineering. Would you have him come up and spend some time? Absolutely. So I come up and, you know, the kid will uh, start talking to me about it. And I, I said, do you understand what an engineering degree is? And, and, and they said, you know, I want to be an electrical engineer. Mechanic. I said, yeah, but do you really understand what you're going to gain from becoming an engineer? And a lot of times I don't think they, they get the simplicity of what an engineer is all about. And I, and I'll always, I'll write on, or we have a blackboard and I'll write on a blackboard and I just write, you're a problem solver. That's it. You're a problem solver. Engineering gives you those tools in a toolbox that allow you to dissect problems and come up with solutions. Right. Kids that even the, even kids that don't want to be engineers, but, you know, might want to go into, you know, some sort of tech program. Um, that, that, that very well could be, uh, that takes them to a path in manufacturing. But I mean, you could go through a program where you become a CNC operator, which you've got to go to school for that. But the, the thing that, that I like about all those programs is the, the crux of it is your problem solver. Um, so in school, you know, they always look at me funny. I always have this I always have this discussion with my kids. I have, I have five kids and we, and, and they used to, they would ask me, you know, I have three of them in college right now. And I, they would ask me, what should I do, dad? What should, what should I do for a living? I said, I don't care what you do. I really don't. I said, I don't go, but I'll tell you this. If you're not a problem solver, that's not what the world needs. The world needs problem solvers. And so whatever you do, you have to understand, you need to take courses that make you a problem solver. So I think they get frustrated with me when we sit down and look at their uh, curriculum Mm -hmm. for high school. And 
I always tell them, if there's not a lot of math and there's not a lot of science, we're going to have a discussion because there needs to be. Um, I remember I had my, my daughter was a, she's a nursing major right now, but when she was a senior in high school, it came to that question of physics. Should I take physics? You should absolutely take physics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely take physics. Um, because it's a problem solving course. And I said, you need to take it. Um, so even kids that are involved in tech, tech courses in, in, in high school, by definition, by default, they're solving problems. Um, I love what they're doing here at Wellsboro High School. I mean, they have that, they have a house project here where they're building a home. I don't know if you've ever heard about this project they're doing Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And what I like about the instructor is, you know, I've taken tours of that, that building and, you know, they'll, they'll do something. And the next day he'll throw a problem at him and say, Hey, that, uh, that door we just put in, uh, customer doesn't like, we got to take it out and we've got to come up with a solution on what's a better option. And he just walks away and he lets them run it out and and figure it out. I love it. I love it. This whole thinking on your feet. I really think that, you know, we always have to um, keep our, our, our curriculums in school really all about problem solving. STEM does that. Mm-hmm. I mean, STEM does that by default. It does that because if you're taking science, technology, engineering, mathematics, uh, it's all about that. So, so Glenn, you know, clearly you've done a lot of ruminating about this topic, right? So if you were to name some skills besides problem solving. We've already, we've heard a lot about that already, but besides problem solving, what other skills do you see in your position, in your line of work that students learn in school? So we're trying to answer the perennial question of when am I ever going to need this? When am I ever going to use this? And so can you make some connections for us between your industry and what you do every day and what the students learn in school? Well, I mean, you have to have a solid math background. You know, our, our workers here have to have a solid background. I'm not saying you have to do differential equations or calculus. What I am saying is you have to have a good breadth of knowledge of fractions, of decimals, of, you know, uh, technical math, um, geometry, trigonometry. Um, so regardless of what you're taking in high school, at a minimum, I think all kids are taking that. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you're, you're more in a technical curriculum or you're in a college prep tour, even, you know, I know even here at Wellsboro, they're pretty strong in fractions, decimals, technical math, geometry, trig. Okay, um, so problem solving, technical math, anything else? Um, you're, you're, understanding financial statements is important. Um, not that we share a lot of, uh, our financial statements with our employees, excuse me, but understanding, you know, revenues and expenses and how they feed into each other and, you know, how, especially on the expense side, if I'm wasting money or wasting, how, how is that expense affecting the revenue side that's now going to affect the bottom line. Um, you know, Absolutely. I, I, I've Absolutely. always, I've always felt that, um, you, you have to have, uh, the ability 
to understand the money flow in a business. Money flow in a business is what it's all about. I mean, you need to really understand how how money flows through a business and how what you do affects that money flow. Mm-hmm. So we, we try to really push that on our employees to understand that. Another one is uh, working groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go back to when I was in high school and college, which was a very, very long time ago. Uh, but what I can tell you is back then, everything was individualized. It was very, very individualized. It was all about, you know, you get you getting a good grade and you doing this work and you doing that. Industries completely change. Everything today is about working in teams. And that team concept is very, very important uh, to, to understand, uh, we, we, we focus that on the floor uh, with our business is that you have to be able to work as a team and as, and as good, and you gotta, you gotta put personalities aside. You know, we have a lot of, you know, I have a lot of personalities here. Um, I understand most of those personalities and I understand how to use those personalities, but some folks, when you're working in a group, don't understand that. And, you can alienate yourself or alienate others very quickly if you don't have that. Um, I can tell you that if you're not a team player, um, you may not be here very long either, um, because you know it, it's 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 all about working together to, to a common goal to to uh, get things accomplished here. So it's very very important. Glenn, you bring up some. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, you bring up go, some go really good points. Um, and a lot of themes that we've been seeing throughout this whole season, you know, problem solving, teamwork, a lot of industry partners are saying that. Um, so I, you know, great skills that you're saying, hey, high schoolers, middle schoolers, you know, think about these things as you're coming through. And I just feel like you're a wealth of knowledge. I could listen to your, everything that your group does every day. Um, right. But. Well, the, the, other, the other skill I want to throw out there too is, is just be willing and accepting of learning new things. Yep. Um, a lot of times employees are not, you know, people, people don't like change. So, you know, I've, I have always believed that our best employees are ones that have a good breadth of knowledge of our entire process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, when you're just a centering operator and you're loading ovens and that's all you're doing day in and day out, you're not getting an appreciation of, what is going on all around you. Right. Um, you know, employee, our employees that have worked in all the departments, they're the ones that, I mean, they are um, essential to our organization and you make yourself essential to the organization when you're like that, when you have the ability to do multiple, multiple activities within an organization. I mean, it's very, very important. So, you know, the ability to learn and accept new skills is also very important. You're always going to have employees that do not want to do that. Right. They, they, they are, I mean, I have a, I have a searing operator that has been in that position for over 30 years. Wow. And that's what he loves to do day in and day out. You know, he's, he's one of those uh, individuals that, you know, we, we, we rely on him extremely hard, extremely well in that position. Um, but, you know, to ask him to say, Hey, do you, have you ever been interested in being a molding operator? No. You know, that presses the parts. No, 
they never notice. So that's very, very uh, important that you're willing to, uh, because the other thing it does is it makes you very valuable to the organization. Absolutely. You know, when you, when you just have a finite skill set and things get bad at your organization, those, those are the, so we're a non-union shop. So, you know, when we have had layoffs, which we've had, um, you know, we don't have to use protocols when we lay off, we, we lay off anybody we want. So the ones, unfortunately, that get laid off a lot of times are the ones that don't have a lot of skill sets, you know, right. um, because I have other ones that can do that job. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have to move people around and, but it just makes you valuable when you are willing to learn and develop additional skills that help the organization. Yes. Well, thank you, Glenn, so much. I'm so glad we made this connection. Uh, it yeah. has been a blast, no pun intended, hanging out with you on the podcast and as well as with Alexandra. We celebrate you and what you do every day in STEM and thank you for your local contribution. Again, thank you also for taking some time today to connect with us and our listeners. It has been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I will definitely connect um, contact information or website in our footnotes. Uh, Please take care and hopefully we'll get to see each other and talk soon. Ladies, thank you for the time and uh, it was great having having this discussion. Yes, thanks Glenn. We would like to thank you for blasting the airwaves with us today. If you like the show, please subscribe or leave a review. If you want to know more, check out www.iu17.org for further resources and show notes. If you'd like to learn more about NEPA STEM ecosystem and the work we're doing in STEM and job pathways, please visit us at www.nepastem.org. As always, we want to thank you for what you do every single day. We'd also like to especially thank our industry partners. Remember, keep shining. We'll be back next episode to provide you another educational solution and more resources for all as we continue to transform lives and communities through educational services.